The great doctor of the church, St. Bernard, comments on a line from today's gospel, and he was subject to them. And St. Bernard asked, quote, Who was subject and to whom? God was subject to men. Indeed, God, to whom the angels are subject, God, whom the principalities and the powers obey, God was subject to Mary, and not only to Mary, but also to Joseph on account of Mary. Close quote, St. Bernard, abbot and doctor of the church. Today is the feast of the Holy Family, and so it's a good day to consider this subjection by taking a quick look at the fourth commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thou mayest be long lived upon the land which the Lord thy God will give to thee. Although this commandment has a broader relationship to all, it applies to all the relationships between superiors and inferiors, and the interest of today, at time, today we'll only look at how it applies to children. The basic reason why we honor our parents is because God says so. And naturally speaking, we can see the wisdom of this because we've received everything from them. And we also learn the love and obedience we must pay to God the Father and our Holy Mother the Church by our loving obedience to our father and our mother. But how are we supposed to honor our parents? The Catechism of the Council of Trent lists seven or eight different ways to honor our parents. One, by our sincere and dutiful love. Two, by praying for them. Three, by obeying their legitimate commands. Four, by imitating their good example. Five, by not only asking for, but also following their advice. Six, by taking care of them when they've grown old and perhaps are in trouble. Seven, by taking care to see that they receive the sacraments if they're ailing or dying. And eight, by having masses said for them, especially after they've died. Okay, so we honor our parents by sincere and dutiful love, by praying for them, by obeying them, by imitating their good example, asking for and following their advice, caring for them in times of trouble, ensuring they receive the sacraments, and having masses said for them. Now that we've taken a quick look at what God commands us to do in the fourth commandment, let's take a quick look at what he prohibits. St. Alphonsus says that children can sin against the fourth commandment by not rendering their parents three things. Love, reverence, and obedience. Love, reverence, and obedience. St. Alphonsus says that children commit a mortal sin against the love they owe to their parents. One, if they hate or detest their parents or hope that grave harm might fall upon them. Two, if without just cause they cause their parents grave trouble or heartache or treat their parents heartlessly. Or three, if their parents are in grave spiritual physical need and they don't bother to come to their aid, especially if they don't bother to get a priest to assist them at death. St. Alphonsus states that children commit a mortal sin against the reverence they owe to their parents. One, if they unjustly hit their parents or show themselves willing to hit their parents. If they mock their parents by means of insulting gestures. If using curse words and serious insults, they shout at or insult seriously or ridicule their parents right to their face. St. Alphonsus says it's not a mortal sin if it's mild insults or it isn't done to their face, but sort of in a muttering way privately. 
So again, the mortal sins against reverence due to parents are unjustly hitting them, mocking them with insulting gestures, cursing at or seriously insulting them right to their face. St. Alphonsus says children commit a mortal sin against obedience to their parents if they don't obey the serious and just commands of their parents in a grave matter. For example, if they snuck out of the house at night when it was forbidden, or if they continued to hang out with a dangerous companion after their parents forbid them to do so. In order to be a grave sin here, it has to involve intentional disobedience in a grave manner that's been justly forbidden by dad or mom. Are there any times when love, reverence, or obedience are not due to parents? Although parent or children owe love and reverence to their parents throughout life, after they leave home for good, then they no longer owe their parents obedience. And of course, if parents ever try to command something sinful, they must be opposed. But besides that particular situation, St. Alphonsus emphasizes there is one very important area where obedience is not due to parents when considering a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. Quote, With regard to the choice of a state of life, a child should obey God by embracing the state to which God calls him. Close quote. St. Alphonsus also notes that parents would commit a mortal sin if they tried to stop one of their children from following a vocation to the priesthood or the religious life. St. Thomas says that in this matter, children are not obliged to obey their parents. And St. Thomas says that when considering a vocation of religion, a person is not even necessarily bound to consult his family, since it is not unusual for family members to oppose a vocation, which would make those family members his enemies. Since the salvation of an each individual falls upon, uh, depends upon following God's call. Now, given that children owe their parents obedience, parents have to train their children to obey, and so they have to exercise their authority in a proper fashion. And that's a salvation issue for both the children and the parents. The Catechism of the Council of Trent cautions parents from falling into either of two extremes. On the one hand, parents should be careful from not being overly strict or harsh in punishment, and they shouldn't nag their children so that they don't break the spirit of the child. On the other hand, parents should be careful not to be slack or indulgent and spoil their children. The ideal is to produce virtuous young men and women by reasonable and strict discipline, not to produce young rebels waiting to escape home and go raise Cain. Now, besides not going to extremes in enforcement or non-enforcement of rules, there's another very common fault that parents need to avoid. If you want your children to have any real respect for your authority, or any real respect for God's authority, or any real respect for the church's authority, you have to present a united front to the children. Unless one parent is actually proposing something sinful, with that only, one and only exception, whatever differences of opinion parents have, these absolutely must be kept behind closed doors so that the children will never ever suspect that you're not both of one mind. Otherwise, given the fallen state of man, you're instantly tempting your children to play each one of you one against the other and appeal from one decision to the other. Now, besides the whining and bickering that this will result in, you'll train your children by doing this to become crafty and cunning, and that's a huge danger to their salvation. Besides that, you won't train them to be actually obedient, which is a virtue they desperately need to be saved. This means especially husbands should back up their wives 
if they've been at home battling the kid all day long, do not let the kid off the hook and let him destroy the wife's authority. She was your wife first before he was your kid. So you take care of her needs first. You back her up first. But that cuts both ways. Wives had their back up to husbands and definitely not undercut his authority. And if you have differences of opinion, settle them behind closed doors so that there's a united front for the children. Let's close. And he was subject to them. You young people, if God could be subject to men, if God, the creator of heaven and earth, God, whom all the angels and saints obey, could be subject to Mary and Joseph, then by his grace, you can imitate him and be subject to your parents. And that will really help your family become a holy family.